Okay, welcome back. It's uh, welcome to episode three of the Being Human cast, um, and uh, we're back from our slightly extended uh, Christmas, New Year hiatus vacation. I guess it was a bit longer than I think we originally planned, Susie, but um, we're back now. It was a good vacation, kinda. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, well, apart from the bit where we all both had to go back to work, but uh, yeah, that was it was. Uh, Apart from that, it was a good vacation, but yeah, and, and lots of stuff obviously happened uh, while we've been gone. Well, kind of um, one of the funny things that happened was you and I sent each other the same thing. That was quite funny, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to the extent that uh, we, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't quite know how we ended up doing that. <laughs> it was just really bizarre. Um, <laughs> Great minds uh, I, think I, alike. Yeah, I, I sent Susie some really shiny. Um, uh, Serenity um, Signal podcast tattoo, you know, sort of like temporary tattoos, um, and uh, Susie sent me the same thing. So um, <laughs> we, you uh, thought yeah. I sent yours back? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was thinking, why she sent these back to me? I was, I, you know, I was like DMing you, saying, "What? Didn't you like the, the tattoos?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, those are the other ones I sent you." <laughs> <laughs> and then the great sugar rush of the lifesavers. Yes, Susie very kindly sent me a big box of lifesavers, and uh, <laughs> so I now need to return the favour and get you some polo mints. But, uh, um, okay, well, we've actually, well, while we've been gone, we've been thinking a lot about the the structure of the show and how the show's been working and stuff. And there's a, you know, we've taken our time to think about how we're going to go moving forwards. So just to fill you guys in, uh, the basic plan is that from now on, we're going to have a big main show like this out every four weeks, hopefully. So pretty much once a month, as we were trying to do before, and that will be, um, you know, myself and Susie talking about um, specific episodes, maybe getting some guests on from time to time to talk about things that are interesting to them, hopefully maybe getting the odd listeners to come join us and talk about their favourite uh, characters and episodes and, and so on and so forth. Uh, and we're aiming to do that uh, once a month. Uh, and then in between, so um, essentially every four weeks every two weeks you'll get something from us but in between uh, we'll do a mini show which either myself or Susie will take it in turns to host um, and that'll be just a quick bit of catch up and some news and what's been going on since the last big show um, if we can find any fanfic we want to read we might read some fanfic out um, but also the main thing we want to do in the mini shows is we want to have a, a new sort of wild love being human segment which will either be um, us reading out, hopefully, emails that we get from listeners and fans of the show around why they love being human. Or even better, if you're able to record it as an MP3 and want to send us the MP3, then we'd love to hear you telling us all about why you love being human. So uh, that, that that's our plan to move forwards. Um, so hopefully you should have some new Being Human cast content uh, coming down your feed every two weeks. Uh, and hopefully you'll be a part of it with us. Um, I think that sort of sums it up, doesn't it? Sam? Yes, it does. I think it'd be great if a lot of fans were able to be a part of this podcast too. I really like to hear how other people like being human and how they got into it. I think that's the interesting part. Yep. And uh, and if you want, you know, as I said, if you wanted to do more than just talk about why you love being human, if you want to come and talk to us about a character and episode, then uh, then let us know, and we'll schedule to get you um, tied up with myself. And Susie, that didn't come out right, did it? Really? <laughs> Lined up. It's all right. Involved. <laughs> You're not getting that out, are you? You're going to leave that in there, honey. <laughs> okay, yeah. So get involved with. No, that's not working either. Anyway, you know what I mean. In, Join the discussion with myself and Susie. <laughs> okay, and I think now will be a good time for us to have a promo. Eight years on from Firefly, five years on from Serenity, you still can't stop the signal. Striding like a colossus into the new decade, conquering new... Ah, uh, that's a little over the top, don't you think? Well, I guess, but he's right. We're still here. Just not quite so much with the striding. Walking confidently. How's that sound? Fine. Just as long as The Signal stays a podcast all about Joss Whedon's Firefly and Serenity. Oh, no question there. We're continuing to explore the verse, same as we have for the last five years. But this year, with some new crew, new articles... 
new interviews, new features, and a new website, a new forum, and a blog. But still at the same old address, www.serenityfirefly.com, and still coming to your MP3 player every two weeks. Plus, we've got lots of our regular segments like News from the Verse, Broadwaves, The Terraformers, and Feedback. And we want you to join us. The Signal. Helping to carry on building the Browncoat community. It, it starts, starts here. The Signal. Okay, do you want to kick off with your news and then I'll talk about my news? Okay. The news that I have is somewhat interesting. Hopefully you've seen Doctor Who. If you haven't seen Doctor Who, cover your ears real quick because I'm about to spoilerville you. Russell Tovey. Am I saying his name right? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how I say it. Apologies, okay, Russell, if we're not saying it right, but yeah. I well, think someone it. corrected me at work and they said Tavi. I'm like, what? what? Anyway, Russell Tovey well, sorry, is. <laughs> okay, no, go on. I know, right? That's what I said. Okay. He was on Doctor Who, and it surprised me whenever I saw Jack standing there at the bar. And, you know, of course, the doctor's playing matchmaker to make everybody happy. And then you see Jack standing there next to Russell. And you're like, no, Jack, he's a werewolf. No. And you're like, wait a minute, wrong show. And it was rumored that he is going to be possibly on Torchwood. And I thought, how cool is that? Yeah, but see, that that could work because if he did wolf out and rip him limb from limb, Jack would just (laughs) go back together again. Quite true. Hmm? Quite true. So that that would work okay. But yeah, just to I guess to clarify, by by dot two we are specifically referring to the two thousand and nine Christmas, Christmas yeah. two thousand ten New Year sort of special. Yeah. Oh sorry. <laughs> yeah, the two thousand nine uh nine Christmas one. But how would Russell be able to do both? Being human and Torchwood. Wouldn't that make him awful busy? Well, the well, okay. The the stuff that came out from the BBC a while back, which I did put up on our blog, that apparently season three has been signed off and the show's moving to Wales. Um, if the show did move to Wales, well, that's the same place that the BBC filmed Torchwood, so oh. that would be rather convenient for both, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Hmm. So. That would be. Uh, I don't know. We'll wait and see. I guess so. Uh, but it would be cool. I mean, if you actually think about it, because we've had Annie on, you know, uh, Lenora was on um, Dot 2 previously as well. So we're, oh, slowly, yeah. we're slowly topping them up. We just need to get uh, um, we need to get Mitchell on, don't we? We need more Mitchell on Dot 2. See, yeah. Mitchell, I can see Mitchell on uh, Torchwood too. Love Torchwood. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah, you, brought, uh, he'd be better on Torchwood, wouldn't he? I think. Yeah, well, he'd, he'd, he'd be Saint, good. He'd to live in Torchwood, and also to take the focus away completely from Jack. Oh, uh, yeah, you got a point there. He might. Nah, nothing can take it away from John Barrowman. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the only other, well, I guess the other big thing that sort of happened, obviously, since we were last here, is season two has started. Well, for some of us, season two has started. For some of us, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Anyway, for those of us that, that live in the UK, um, season two has begun, and it's very, very good. But uh, the, the general intention is is that um, we will avoid talking anything which is spoilery in the big main shows about season two, if we can help it. Um, mainly, yeah. My fa- boo part. I need to clarify that my boo part was my jealousy because it's not here yet. That's my boo part, is I'm jealous. Yep. Um, and, uh, well, well, I can say it, so I'm fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, we're going to try, well, basically what we don't want to do is we don't want to spoil season two for those folks listening to this who haven't got the, the opportunity or haven't, for whatever reason, if you're in the UK, not watched it yet, but that'd be weird. But, um yeah. Um, so yes, we're not. We're going to avoid season two spoilers, but season two has started and it is absolutely awesome. So, uh, um, really enjoying it, and um, I can't wait for us to properly start talking about it on the show once more people have got the opportunity to see it. Um, however, the other big thing was obviously there was the big season two um, premiere launch thing that happened in London, uh, which I managed to get a ticket to, 
which was very shiny. Um, Yay! Yeah, um, it was it was a weird thing. I um, we had some really bad weather in the UK, and the day before the trains had all been cancelled and stuff, and uh, there was actually quite a few empty seats in the end. Uh, which was, given how oversubscribed it was, it was a real shame, but a lot of people just couldn't physically get there. Wait uh, a minute. I'm sorry. When you say bad weather, mm-hmm. what are you... What Because bad weather to me over here is, hey, there's a tornado over there. Y'all need to take cover. Okay. What is bad weather to you? To you? Ooh, about fa- the- half a dozen snowflakes. I think that would normally slow us down oh, quite soon. No. Um, no, we we had some really... We've had a lot of snow actually so far this year, and and seasonally large amounts of snow. I mean, for the UK, I mean, we've had a lot of very cold weather and a lot of snow, and um, and yeah, that week that the the show was on, I mean, literally they were they were cancelling trains, running short service trains, and there's a lot of people that were weren't that close to London that were coming from fairly far away, and were planning to get like the late train back, and the late trains were just all being cancelled. Um, and uh, I mean, I got on the train. Well, I'd, I'd I'd planned the whole day around getting to London with lots of time, and and basically sat on the fence all day waiting to hear if the traffic was going to be okay or the trains were going to be okay, and then ended up having to pretty much run, and just about made it by the skin of my teeth to London because I left it so late in the day. But uh, and all the way there, I didn't know if I was going to get home because if the web, they, they kept saying there was going to be a heavy snowfall that night, and as it happened, it didn't come to the next day. Um, oh, so um, uh, immediately when I got back to my car that night my car was completely covered in snow and I had to like chisel my car out of the car park and stuff but it was worth it <laughs> it was definitely worth it so uh, um, and then the fact they hadn't gritted any of the roads I tried to drive home from the station it was just polished ice everywhere it was just good fun but uh, but there you go but um, I digress but yeah the um, the premiere was really good because um, you know, all the cast were there and uh um, and you actually got to you know see them. They came with some stage. They had this whole bizarre um, uh, sort of entertainment to keep us all amused while things were going on. There was all the sensor stuff going on. They had people running around the crowd. Yeah, a- uh, actors there being vampires and uh, um, a woman collapsing because you know, she lost too much blood. And they'd like yeah, you know, the medics came in and um, and tended to her and stuff and uh, there's all this bizarre sideshow stuff going on oh wow yeah and then uh, Aidan Lenora uh, Russell and um, um, and Sinead all sort of stood up on stage and uh, had a little you know sort of a few words about the show and stuff and uh, it was all very shiny uh, and then we got to see the first episode um, ahead of when it aired on the BBC which was brilliant Annoying because then you couldn't really tell anyone about it, but it was really good. Um, <laughs> and the old bizarre thing for me is I ended up going with two friends from work because I found out the day before it was supposed to happen that a couple of people at work had got tickets, and I never even knew they liked the show. It was just completely random. I was talking to someone else, and they mentioned, "Oh, you know they're going as well." I'm like, "What?" Mm-hmm. That so, is random. Yep. So. Um, so yeah, so it, it was good, and we went along, um, uh, and afterwards, you know, um, you know, we got to chat with different people and stuff. Um, managed to speak to Sinead, and Sinead is just absolutely awesome. She's such a nice person. I mean, she just took so much time for all the fans just to chat to us, have photos with us, you know, sign autographs of people, laugh and joke, talk about the show. Uh, she just made so much effort to spend time with the fans. So I mean, she is a very awesome person. So, uh, um, so yeah. So uh, and if you're not following Sinead on on Twitter, then well, if you're not on Twitter, that would explain why. But if you are on Twitter and you're not following um, Sinead, then that's just weird, and you should be. Um, so, um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm just briefly saw Russell. You know, Russell's doing some uh, autographs and stuff as well, and. Uh, you know, and yeah, it was just it was really nice, and you know, and I think from photos and stuff I've seen that um, Aiden and Lenore obviously appeared. I think a bit later on when they left, but because of the weather and stuff, we had to get going, so there was only so long we could loiter outside for. Aww. But uh, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but uh, when you don't know when they go cancel your last train home, then you sort of go. You know. Yeah, that um, kind of changes things a bit. 
Yeah, it does. So, um, so yeah, but o overall, it, it was really, really good, and I'm really glad I made the effort to go. And, uh, um, you know, and for everyone else that was there, you know, I, I think we all had a really good time. I just think it was a real shame that there was, you know, empty seats because I know how many people wanted to be there, and um, there was quite a lot of people that desperately wanted to get there and just physically couldn't, um, and uh, which is probably the right thing to do for their own safety, but. You know, equally, it's a real shame that we, you know, we all went online. We we tried so hard to get the tickets, and we waited so long to find out if we got them, and they waited so long to actually get there and go. And then, literally, the week before, there was no snow, and that week was horrible. And the week after wasn't so bad. You know, just the way it goes. But uh, but there we go. So um, I guess that's enough news. Um, I guess we need to start talking about what we're discussing tonight. Well, let me ask you one thing about the, you know, convention that you went to. What was the best part about it to you? The best part? I don't know. Um, I guess oh, part of it, I guess, seeing being human on a really big screen. I mean, in a cinema. That was pretty <laughs> awesome, you know. Um, so that was good. Um, so, uh, I, I guess um, you know getting to see you know the actors you know, up close was good as well. That would uh, be good to me. Yeah, and, and I think you know I know I mentioned it before, but you know getting to meet you know meet Sinead and you know some of the others, but you know just um, the fact the amount of time that Sinead did spend with everyone that wanted to talk to her was just really you know impressive as well. So. Uh, so yeah, I think it was yeah, it was, it was common. There was no one thing. I think it was just the whole thing, the whole experience of going there, of seeing it, of seeing it with you know the the cast and crew just sat upstairs from where we were sat, sort of thing. You know, that they kept leaning over the balcony and saying hi, you know, um, <laughs> which is just brilliant. Yeah, I, I think the whole the whole experience was great, and uh, it was you know I really hope the BBC do something similar. Uh, I, again in in the future um, but uh, no I, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to just pin down one thing in particular because there was no you know, the whole thing was just great so awesome so, discussion so what have we got left to look forward to us refugees the flotsam and jetsam of death. Maybe. If we still deserve such a thing as mercy, we find each other. What are we discussing tonight? We're discussing season one, aren't we? Episode three. That's the one. So, um, yeah, I, I guess. Well, do you want to do you want to kick off, or do you want me to kick off, or because I've I've just been talking, so <laughs> everyone's oh, probably. Wait a heard... minute. What what do you what do you want me to kick? <laughs> oh, okay, we're doing this again. Do you want to start? <laughs> would Would Susie like to start discussing season three? Uh, season three, <laughs> episode one, season three. Episode you can tell it's like nearly two in the morning here, can't you? Uh, I know, Would you like right? to start discussing <laughs> episode three of season one? So, uh, or would you like me to start discussing and you can interrupt? I'll go ahead and start. May not be exactly um, correct, but the whole, let's see. How should we start this? There's so much that, the, to me, there was so much that kind of went on in this episode. Basically, the episode summary, you know, Annie was trying to feel better, and she met a guy, Gilbert. I didn't like Gilbert too much. i got to tell you that right now. I, If I were Annie, I would have... I would have murdered Mitchell and George for setting me up with a friend like Gilbert. It just, he just, he rubbed me the wrong way. He was annoying. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to Gilbert in a minute. Uh, okay. okay, I'm sorry. See, I get off on a tangent on him because he was just well, so annoying. 
the, I, the, 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 the key thing for me about this episode is that when I watched it, and I watched it again tonight, you know, you start watching it and you think, ah, okay, this is the fill-in one. You know, like all series is, you get like some key episodes and you get some that are a bit of fill-in. And the way this one started off, you think, ah, okay, this is a bit of a fill-in episode. The last two have been just full of stuff. This is the one where they just catch breath and things move on. And it starts to start off like that, but then so much happens in this episode that's pivotal. You know, and I think, um, I think for me, the sort of the key pivotal things that happen that we probably should be talking about are there's there's the whole res- resolution around what's keeping Annie there. I mean, why Annie came back as a ghost. You know, you get the yeah. whole resolution for you know what basically what complete bastard Owen is. Um, you get the whole B storyline around Gilbert and um, the closure on you know the. 20 years plus that Gilbert's been knocking around for, waiting for um, you know, um, for him to get closure on his death you've got the um, George and Nina George and Nina, the whole way that their story arc really starts taking off in this episode, and you've got the whole setup for Mitchell in episode 4 coming up with the DVD and Lauren and Mitchell really on the edge of just trying to stay in control of of staying clean, you know. Yeah. I mean, Mitchell's deep in cold turkey, um, and I think those are the four key things. Which, when you start watching the episode first of all, don't really come out of it. I mean, cause it starts off fairly light-hearted with all this talk about love, you know, and um, well, all that talk about love, and then Mitchell watching the DVD. But um, but then you get <laughs> then you get Annie upset because you know her wedding day is coming up. Uh, um, and she's upset about her parsley. Was it her moody greater, moosey greater, her parsley greater thing? Um, and as you said, I mean, um, they uh, they decide they get cheer Annie up by taking her out to this club that's got an eighties night going on, and the introduces a Gilbert. So you don't like Gilbert? No, he was. Um, let's see if I use this word right. He was a git. Oh, I wouldn't say he was a git. He was you a bit don't of a... think so? No, he was a bit of an ass, but I wouldn't say he was a git. <laughs> I mean, he... Uh, yeah, I guess you have to laugh at that. He was stuck in I 1985. I thought that's what a git was. Well, I, don't, yeah, I think... He was I think, annoying. Well, I, I think he was... He was pushy. He was very pushy to Annie, and I didn't like that part. I didn't like how he was uh, pushy to her. That kind of that was, part kind of he was me stuck wrong. in 1985 to some extent, and he kept playing his 80s music. But I wouldn't say he was that pushy. I mean, okay, he he was doing everything his way, you know. Yeah, it was and, never. He was never letting Annie have any real say in anything. Never letting anything be her way. It was all do it my way. Here we're doing this now. We're going to do this now. You're going to have fun. Aren't you enjoying yourself? I'm having oh, the, yeah, fun. Yeah, there's the um Yeah, there's Yeah, sorry. I actually I was looking for the notes I made in the episode. And there is the bit where um uh oh, I'm, I'm just yes, yeah, go ahead. They the Annie goes off and well, Gilbert takes her to a grave. And uh, Annie comes yeah. back with Gilbert, and you get the bit where George and Mitchell are watching her from the window, and then realise and go running back to the couch, and they both jump on the couch. And they're like cuddling each other on the couch, and this is like pause, look at each other. It's like whoa, okay, and they like break apart. And you realise that, oh, like, yeah, Mitchell, that was funny. Yeah, and Mitchell's got George's glasses on, and George is holding Mitchell's drink, and they're quickly like straightening the clothing. And it's just so funny because it's like you know, and then she walks to the door. And it's like what time do you call this? You know. <laughs> Uh, but at one but, uh, point, yeah. Di- but didn't you whole... notice? Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. I know we're both so excited. Didn't you notice the one point though, where George is actually looking at Gilbert like, "You're a dork." Well, he actually says it's very funny. There's this bit where Gilbert is being a complete tit. He really is. And <laughs> but George George goes like ah oh, twat under his breath. Yeah, and I, I only caught it because I, I really don't even have put the subtitles on because I'm that sad. But, you know, um, the, <laughs> he actually just calls him a twat. And he does it so subtly that he, Gilbert doesn't even notice the fact that he's done it. Um, you know, and uh, it's just as they're all sort of leaving the house and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, 
he is a bit and but that goes on to the bit where he decides that uh he's going to um have Gilbert fun. You know, and there's a whole bit where Annie sat there and she goes, Okay, are we having Gilbert fun yet? I'm confused, you know. <laughs> so I don't I mean I think uh, you have to I guess you have to look at Gilbert as as the individual over the whole episode. Because if you take into account the bit at the end of the episode where um where Gilbert is comforting Annie when Annie finds out about Owen. I mean it's Gilbert's the first one that turns up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And and he's yeah, really good he to has get Annie. Redeeming qualities. Uh, yeah, and you know and yeah he shows that sort of a softer side to Annie and he's there for her and you know, he admits that he uh, he's fallen for her and everything else and then his door appears and off goes and the great thing about that is that not only does that resolve that sort of B storyline around Gilbert, but also it neatly explains what's in store for Annie. Um, because it presents to you then that you know, you're then on the lookout for the door. Because you know at some point Annie's door is going to appear and you're constantly looking out for it. I mean, pretty much from that point on, for the following four, you know, three episodes, which again to four, five, and six, because we're halfway through season one now. Yeah. Um, you're, you're looking out for Annie's door popping up at some point, you know. Um, and up until that point, there's never been an explanation about what will happen or, or how the ghosts move on to the other side. And, um, and no, that's, they that's, haven't yeah. addressed that at all. Yeah, and they don't have. To, it, there's not some, you know, uh, dialogue or you know, um, you know, or a long monologue of Mitchell or someone having to explain to Annie this is what happens. Because she sees it and you see it with her, and uh, that avoids that whole thing. But so yeah, Gilbert's a bit of a tit. But <laughs> I guess you, if you put it in the context of his own little mini storyline and what he does and helps Annie out and stuff, you know, he's he's not that bad. So, uh, so anyway, that's probably enough about Gilbert. I'd have pushed so. him through the door, <laughs> <laughs> giving him a kick. Yeah, so. that's just me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so so, what do you want to talk about next? Then I mean, if we look at you know, as I say, the the big sort of um, key moments. For well, me. when when I first saw the episode of you know the whole thing between Mitchell and Nina and George, I really honestly thought Nina was after Mitchell more than okay. more than he was George, and then it kind of dawned on me. Oh, wait a minute. Mitchell's playing matchmaker for George. And, you know, and it to me, I, the impression that I got was that Nina was kind of like, oh, well, I can't have you tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, I'll settle for him. Yeah, because she was being quite coy when they oh, were yeah. chatting. And uh, she was like, you know, um, she was like, no, I don't go for your type anymore. And he goes, well, what about George? You know, um, and then the whole conversation about, well, hey, it's a bit weird, isn't he? You know, um, yeah. But uh, but the thing is, before that, I mean, I guess part of what sets up as well is you got that bit where there was the accident in the language. It's like, I love the thing of being human. You got these really dark bits and these really surreal comedy bits that are just thrown in. You know, so Nina's dealing yeah. with a, an accident. You know, a, a big ma- uh, incident that's happened where a projector is blown up in a language. Um, and some language studio where you know um, immigrants are. I guess the impression is it's the immigrants are being taught English, and they're all asleep. So none of them notice this thing catching fire and exploding and stuff, you know. And she's <laughs> desperately trying to find anyone that can speak French or German or Jewish or Spanish or whatever, you know. And um, and you know this sort of you know George is like, well, actually, you know, I can speak. I think was it he can speak Spanish, German, French, Croatian, some Russian, or, you know. And she sort of stops and looks at him as if to say, Honmet, you're the guy with the bucket and the mop. Yeah, and exactly. Like, like he was that, uneducated. There's this whole double take. Is I mean, the whole thing up until now has been every time Nina pigeonholes George, George does something that completely breaks that pigeonhole so the whole bit with him visiting that old lady on his day off 
you know, she was like, oh, he's, sc- yeah. he's, you know, he's skiving off work. No, he's taking his own time to come see her. Oh, okay, that's broken that one. And then, okay, he's the dumb guy who couldn't get any, any other job than mopping the floors. But on a minute, he can speak like half a dozen languages. So he's clearly extremely, you know, well-educated. So why the hell is he mopping floors? So there's this mystery to George that I think that's what, hooks her in that when Mitchell spins her the line about you know he'd really like to cook you dinner and everything else but don't you think the writers kind of brought that in to show us that humanity as a whole kind of judges people on their cover and they were kind of maybe bringing us aware to that Mm. fact yeah we we judge judge books judge people by their covers far too quickly Um, and Nina's really bad at doing that you know, uh, she really does sort of, you know, make snap decisions on people. Uh, but but she's a, a strong enough individual that I think she, you know, she's not fixed in that view. You know, she'll form a fairly snap opinion on someone, but she's open to changing that view and um, adapting that view as more information comes along. Um, I think that's kind of what we all do. And I think the the writers really hit that hit the nail on the head with that one, and I say kudos to them. I, I think it's probably one of the key bits that sort of runs through this episode is it all builds up to the meal. I love the meal. You know, I love the fact that you know, as soon as like George decides to cook the meal, he then starts going off into like because when Mitchell goes, oh, and George is a fantastic cook. Part of you's thinking, is he just saying that to get her to say yes? You know, and is George then somehow going to have to try and pull this out of the bag? But as soon as he mentions it, George is like going off, oh, I could try this new rice recipe I found and stuff. And he's off making his shopping list and he's got to get real coffee and you know, <laughs> he's planning this whole meal out. And, uh, exactly, he's getting excited yeah, yeah. about it. it and he seems. comes, he comes in for the door, and obviously Annie's completely filled the kitchen with pots and pans, and so she's cooking ham and parsley sauce for her. And you got, <laughs> and then you got um, um, Gilbert, you know, your your favourite person, in the lounge <laughs> playing his eighties music, you know, and poor George just you know desperately you know trying to um, you know get things you know try to have a, a normal evening. And he yells at Annie, though, and you see some real passion yeah. behind George, you know, screaming, at, you can't even eat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so I forgot there's the bit before this with um, George laying down the house rules to Mitchell about, you know, the ha- his house rule of don't kill the guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know. Um, so yeah, so he cooks this this meal and they have this lovely dinner, and then obviously the stereo comes on with the 80s music again because Gilbert started playing his music, and there's this whole bit of all oh, the stereos on the blink. So off he goes to go fix the stereo, and you can see him how this whole argument, like gesturing and pointing and you know indicating at Gilbert without saying anything, you know, turning the stereo off all behind Nina's back. And it's just brilliant. You know, um, and then the pipes start banging and everything else, and uh, it's goes, oh, Let's go upstairs. He's got, oh, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. Um, and uh, they get upstairs, and uh, George starts. Well, they start kissing, and nearly comments on it being a full moon, and um, and George's like, Nope, not actually full moon until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, No, I, I know that one, yeah. And um, I, I love the fact that he starts, he, he starts growling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts growling, and then he freaks out because he's like growling and stuff. And um, and then Nina goes into full-blown nurse mode, doesn't she? You know, and, have this, and she's asking all these questions and stuff. And then she, yeah, she goes, "Yes, I, you know, I've seen it all for you, are a man." And there's this pause about. You've always have been a man, haven't you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> oh, I know. But then he turns into an animal. Yeah, Nina wants to talk. About, it's so crazy. Nina decides she's going to talk to him about his problems. You know. Yeah. And it's the full moon, <laughs> and George is desperately trying to get get somewhere safe to change. And it's like, I can't talk to you now. I can't talk to you now. And she sits down this room and she's going on and on and on about, you know, mm-hmm. ways of pleasuring her, you know, and leaflets he can read. And George is whimpering. It's just so funny. He's just sitting there whimpering away. Like, it's like your scolded dog. You know? Go away. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going on. I finally just can't take it. He just literally just jumps her, doesn't he? 
And she's like, oh, it's always the quiet ones. It's brilliant. <laughs> exactly. She's thinking she's got a hot one in bed. Yeah. And Woo-hoo! like, you know, and, um, and then obviously it comes back to, yeah, the scene changes and stuff and comes back to them later on. And uh, to put it politely, they're going for it, aren't they? And uh, you know, <laughs> they finish, and like Nina, it's brilliant. And Nina just saw like this exhausted, you know, look just collapses onto the desk, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, um, and uh, and she like, this comment of like, oh, I guess we've cured your, uh, you know, and you just hear George getting dressed in the background and scurrying out the door. And she's like, oh, you're a dead man. <laughs> yeah, and Nina, because Nina thinks that she's just cured him and yeah. made him um, a man yeah <laughs> and uh, but then like you know like she's lying there you know, you know expecting like him to say something or cuddle her or anything and that's it no he's gone he's just out the door he's off to go become wolf you know and she's like oh you're so dead you know <laughs> and uh, and then of course she gets a brilliant <laughs> bit don't you it's like you know the whole bit and uh, we're sort of jumping ahead of the Annie storyline now, but you got the bit there. George comes home oh, the no. next day. In the door, like, I had sex with Nina, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then Mitchell walks up, oh, we killed Ali. He's like, oh, God, can't I just get five minutes of the, of the, yeah, big, the of big news? It's like, not even five mm-hmm. minutes of the big news in the house, you know. And, uh, oh, it's just brilliant. It's just so well it shows acted. shows you how much he needed the attention. George needed the attention, and yeah. he didn't get it. Oh. Like that middle child. yeah. And uh, but it's just the, the whole uh, acting and uh, the way that's put together is just brilliant. So it really is, um, and that that's really the start of that. You know, the whole cementing of that George and uh, Anina relationship, and uh, it's so well acted by both of them. It really is. It's a joy to watch. Um, so um, I guess the other big storyline then that runs for this, the, I guess the main A storyline really, if you can pick one out, is um, Annie. Yes. And uh, Annie's decision that she's going to go take care of Owen, even though she's a ghost. And uh, she goes off making him. Because she thinks that she thinks that that's why she is still here. Is that she's supposed to take care of that bum. I mean that g- gentleman. No, you could use worse words than bum. Feel free. That dork. Well, he's a complete bastard, isn't he, really? But, you know. He is. Yeah. But you don't get that, The I mean, uh, jumping ahead, you don't get that till later. And I tell you what, whenever I personally found out, uh, when it was playing on my TV and you put all the pieces together, you could hear me yelling and screaming through the whole house going, no way! <laughs> I, but the thing is, I think as we've said before, when you look back when you go back through the episodes um, it's really obvious how how that comes together because you've got the yes. you, you know I think we mentioned before you know you the whole bit with um, Tully and um, that whole episode yes the bits and stuff where you've seen previously that Annie has reacted in a way you would expect to people being violent towards her and you think, you know, and you don't really notice it at the time. And then you also get the bit where, when um, Annie's, you know, pissed off about the fact that he's getting off with his day-glow orange girlfriend. Um, and um, it was Jeannie, isn't it? I think it's Jenny. Jeannie's, oh, I've forgotten her name now. Um, I'll look you up in a minute. But, um, he, you know, it's basically their wedding day. And he's not remotely bothered by it. And you think, no. God, why the hell isn't he bothered by that? And it's bloody obvious once you realise why he's not bothered about that, because, you know, why is he going to be bothered about the day he was due to marry the woman he killed? You know? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it, it's... <laughs> yeah, you look back and you think, oh, God, no wonder, you know? Um, yeah, but you then, can go back and look at it and put it all together and yeah. go, how did I miss that? The writers did such an excellent job. Oh, I'm just planting the seed. Janie. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, Janie was um, the um, uh, was his day glow, you know, suntanned uh, girlfriend. But the bit in the bathroom when she's you know written you know your wedding day tiger, you know happy wedding day tiger on the mirror. Um, and he loses it, and he has a right go at Janie, doesn't he? And you see the anger then, you're thinking, whoa, I hadn't yes. seen that before. And you think, oh, okay, he's just freaked out by the ghost there. Okay, ignore that. 
but then when you finally get the re the reveal on what happened with him and Annie, and you think, whoa, okay, <laughs> you see, the, you, know, you put look back and you see the true colours of what an, a complete bastard this guy is, you know, um, and uh, uh, and then and I guess you know we'll we'll talk later on in future episodes about how he gets <laughs> his comeuppance and stuff, but yeah, yeah, I mean he. Um, yeah, you get the whole flashback bit with um, with him. Um, well, you get the whole bit with him coming around the house to fix the plumbing. And it's so sweet because he arrives. And it's still like their wedding day, and Annie's really like you can see she's so happy because she's clearly thinking to herself, "Okay, he's snuck out now. He's come back to the house. You know, he's come back to me and all this sort of stuff." And then he heads upstairs and he's doing the plumbing, and she's looking at him, thinking, "Oh, what are you doing?" You know, uh, and then he sort of pulls that thong out of the plumbing system and stuff, and it all starts coming back to her, doesn't it? Uh, yes. And I don't. I didn't understand that part of the thong in the in the that part kind of eluded me. You know. I assume I assume he flushed it down the toilet or something, or or he hid it in some bit of pipework somewhere or something. Because it was a thong of a girl that he had messed around with, right? No, he was he was having to go at her because he was implying that it was hers. He'd never seen it before, and she'd bought it because she was having an affair and she was carrying on with some other bloke and she was wearing it for him. So he was having to go at her for being unfaithful and everything else. And yeah, I caught that I'd, part, but the whole thing with the thong just eluded me. Yeah, I think well, when I watched it again, I think if you listen to what he's saying to her, he's having yeah. to go at her about being, you know, a dirty whore and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I presume that's because, well, you never, I, I don't recall, or maybe it's in one of the, the episodes we're coming up, but I don't actually recall them ever really going into any more detail on that. And... Your your presumption is based on what you know of Annie, that Annie wasn't having an affair, that maybe she'd bought that and, and you know whatever or uh, I don't know, but he'd found it and presumed that she was, and yeah, had exactly. gone and had gone completely over the top, um, kicked off her nugget of her and then threw her down the stairs pretty much, you know, uh, and killed her. Uh, and mm -hmm. then and then hid the thong because that was what, you know, started the whole thing off. Um, and I guess he just didn't want to see it or whatever. I don't know. But so it's all a bit odd. But the back of your mind, you think, well, okay, if maybe there's something we haven't found out about yet. I don't know. Maybe Annie was. I mean, because Annie hasn't completely remembered everything. So maybe there is a storyline still to come around Annie that Annie was having an affair you know uh, it still doesn't excuse Owen being Owen and in fact if Owen was that big a bastard then maybe that explains why she was having an affair I don't know but uh, the, I, I don't I think don't they ever they never really closed that off completely have they but the no. the general way it's written implies that she was an innocent party and he jumped to the wrong conclusion you know yeah so. Very well put. I think you capped that very well. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, well, I guess that's enough on that. Um, and I, well, the only other really bit that runs through this episode is the whole Mitchell um, and Lauren bit. Oh uh, yeah. And the whole Lauren turning up, saying that she's going clean and wants Mitchell's help. Um, I mean, what did you make of that? I mean, I, I, I'm interested to know what your opinion was on Lauren, the whole bit where Lauren arrives and Lauren says that she's not been drinking blood and she needs help. And, you know, I, the quick synopsis that, you know, she uh, she drinks off Mitchell, the Mitchell gets her blood from the blood bank, which just as a quick aside is worth pointing out that, um, that there's that throwaway bit in there where Mitchell's, um, saying to her that you know you can't just drink blood from the blood bank. You know we'd have thought of that before. You know it, it's not the same. It will sustain you for a little while, but it's not. It's, there's not a lot of life left in the blood. You know. Yeah, and she um, didn't like it too much. No. She did, she was like, eh. 
But it's 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 quite good because again, this is such a pivotal episode in ways you don't think of. That one little bit of a scene completely then explains why it is that Mitchell, when he gives up, has to give up. There's not like you know the Buffy option of you know where you got Spike and Angel drinking, you know, animal blood in you know or pig's blood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's completely precluded from the being human universe by that scene, pretty much. Yeah, you know, exactly. So, um, but anyway, so so yeah, so um, I just um, so you got the whole arc of Lauren trying to give up and then not, so to speak. So you, sorry, I interrupted you. You give me your. I was interested to know what you thought about that whole. Well, well I'm, I guess specifically, I'm interested to know of. How genuine do you think Lauren really was? I felt sorry for her. I mean, because she seemed desperate, but it also, too, it seemed a little fake, like maybe somebody, I got that right away, that maybe somebody had put her up to it, because she was just harassing him and getting near him, but she seemed really unsure of herself. It was. It didn't seem genuine to me. It's a little too contrived, isn't it? It's a whole, um, we've just sent you this video, Oh, they made me do the video. You know, uh-huh. the video is all to try to remind you what it's like. You know, I'm then going to turn up and talk to you about how difficult it is to give up, you know, how hard it is not to, you know, kill, how hard it is not to drink blood. I'm going to keep going on and on and on about that. And, um, and there's that whole um, scene between, you know, her and, uh, and, and Mitchell, the, the, you know, the the sex scene where they're basically feeding off each other and stuff I think that maybe that's you know you were saying about the um, there's a news article with um, we were chatting before we recorded that Aiden was saying he was recording the um, the sex scene with all the blood and stuff oh yeah um, I haven't actually checked the article out yet um, I shall quit look for it now but maybe he's actually talking about it was good no no apparently it's an upcoming yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah it's an upcoming scene Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, okay. It was well, one in that's upcoming. Okay. Well, in this episode, you know, in um, episode three, yeah, him and Lauren are both pretty much covered in each other's blood. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I was never that entirely convinced. I mean, it, it's a hard one, you know, because you know when she when she gets picked up and they take her back and they sort of say to her, you need to feed, you know, etc. etc. There's no look on her face of, okay, look, job done, you know. So, I don't know. I can't recall. It's been a while since I've seen the next episode. So when when we rewatch that to talk about, it'll be interesting to see how much more stuff there is in there um, around how genuine Lauren was. But no, I was just curious to know where you where you came from on that because I found with you, I'm I'm not entirely convinced that that was all genuine. I think there was some grain yeah, of truth yeah. in there that I think she perhaps wanted to spend time with Mitchell and wanted to be with him but I don't think she was entirely wanting to not be a vampire at that point no exactly I think that well for me I think that's the the key the key bits and stuff I mean was there anything else in um, in episode 3 you wanted to uh, to touch on I'm just flicking through my uh, no I think that's I think we really recapped we recapped and talked uh, on a great deal about what went on the meat of the yeah. episode oh I've just found so I, I love this quote um, there's the um, the bit where um, I wrote it down because I've forgotten it, um, but I forgot to mention it before the whole bit where after George gets back and um, he's annoyed about not getting his five minutes and stuff you know, <laughs> and uh, they're talking about the plumbing and the fact the plumbing's now fixed because yes. you know the plumbing was like you know tired to tell them what had happened and stuff and uh, George's like, well, at least there's that. And Annie's like, great. I find out the love of my life killed me, you know. But hey, at least we could do the washing up, you know. It's just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love about this show. I mean, it's just the way that it goes to this whole moment of that Annie's talking about how she just discovered that the love of her life has killed her, and then you just get hit by this comic moment, and when she just like has a go at George about it, you know. But it just leads, as Annie says, the question. Oh, why I know. Is, I love the humor. Story. Oh yeah, and we, we keep coming back to this, don't we? It's the fact that the yes. show just twists and turns from being very dark to being very funny. And I will say the one great thing about season two so far is it carries on like that. 
they think I would say is when it is dark, it's a hell of a lot darker. But no, I mean, so I think that pretty much wraps episode three. Yes, it does. Cool. The Signal is excited to bring you the first rule of flying, Songs from the Black 2, featuring a host of fan-created music inspired by Joss Whedon's Firefly, and heard here on The Signal during seasons 3 and 4 in 2007 and 2008. This is our second Songs from the Black collection and includes songs from Marion Call, Mark Gunn, The Persephone Pickers, The Bedlam Bards, Vixie and Tony, Sean and McGuire, and Tom Smith, to name just a few. There's also music from two Firefly fan film soundtracks. You can get The First Rule of Flying by subscribing to The Signal or by going to our website, www.serenityfirefly.com, and downloading it from there. If you're already subscribed to The Signal, then The First Rule of Flying is coming down our feed straight to a computer near you. You can download high-resolution copies from our website along with specially created CD art so you can make your very own hard copy CD. The Signal Season 6 will be launching on January 26th, 2010. But until then, we hope you enjoy the first rule of flying, Songs from the Black 2, available now. The verse just, just got, got a little, little bigger. bigger. Again. We'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you later, guys. Okay. If you're interested in telling us how yep. you got into being human, how you like the show, um, why you love it, then um, yeah, why you like it, yeah, then let us know. We'd we'd love, you know, really the whole point of the time we took over the, the sort of the winter break was to look at the the way we ran the show and look at the structure of it and think about how we wanted to take it going forwards and one of the key things to that was we wanted to not just to be us two all the time we wanted to really get the listeners involved um, and hear more from the fans of the show and give you a, a place where you have a voice and you know tell everyone why you love love being human so much um, so uh, thank you for listening um, thank you for taking the time for, for joining us and uh, all being well we'll um, well, I guess, Susie, you'll be, because uh, I think you're doing the next short mini. So uh, in two weeks' time, you'll hear Susie. And then in four weeks' time, we'll be back again with the main show. So uh, bye from me. And have a great one, everybody. Being Human Cast is a non-profit podcast. Being Human is owned by the BBC and Touch Paper. No copyright infringement is intended. Music used is from Podsafe Audio. You can contact us at feedback at beinghumancast.com or via our website www.beinghumancast.com Okay, yeah. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll see you later.